At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're Welcome. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. Welcome to UFC Unfeed. What? I fucked. No, this is the Hold on. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. That's what I tried to say a second ago, but I stuttered. You know why? Because I go, all right, you ready? And I didn't expect anything. And I started talking and then I heard a, mm-hmm. And I'm like, Wait, <laughs> is that Weezy Jefferson? No, it's my good friend, Phoenix Carnavale. And Phoenix. I am ready. Phoenix. Yes, sir. We have to catch up, man. We have to catch up. Me and you, we have not caught up in a long time. I yeah. just watched speaking on your... Your sta- it felt like a stand-up special. I see you up there, and and uh, it was something on mixed uh, mixed heritage. Is that right? Yes. What, what, I fucked Did I fuck that up or no? And you're a hundred percent perfect. And I want to talk to you about that after. All right, after we talk to uh, Calvin, uh, L- I'm, I'm, his last name, pronounce that for me. Lawher. Lawher. But I am not Irish, so I may I, be completely butchering it. That's my first question is going to be that, how to pronounce that. And right. then when I get him on here, he's in the waiting room. We're going to get him in now. And then I want to talk to you. I think you should be doing some stand-up comedy or something. You are good on stage. I was getting a little nervous for you. When you're making your jokes about, you know, being an adult, well, I still I read comics and wear Snoopy socks. And, you know, you're saying some, you know, some nice little one-liners in there. It didn't feel like I was watching like a like like a like a history lesson or something i or learning something i felt like i was like at a at a comedy show or something it was nice that is the Good nicest job. thing you've ever said to me oh get out of here no, I'm I'm like, with my ADD. i'm so glad you sent it to me because i would have forgot hey Cap- now first hey what's up warrior how do you how do you say your name exactly that's what i'm gonna that's ask that, that's I'm, my name is not sarah that's so I knew that's what I was going to say. We both have terrible <laughs> New York accents. We have horrible <laughs> accents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm saying Cowlin. Am I? Is Cowlin right? Not even close. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ready? You tell me your name, please. So the way I've been describing it all week to even fucking Irish people, uh, you know the food kale? Yeah. Kale. In. Kale. Yeah. Kale in. You get me? Kill it. 
Kellen. 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 Right. Like Kellen. Kellen. That right. is easy. Now, now let's do your last name. Last name, Kellen. Go. Guess. Lofren. I lock her in the eye. Like lock a door. Ren. Easy. Lockren. Lockren. Yeah. Lock a door. Yeah. So what is it called again? Say it again. Kellen Lockren. Kellen Lockin. Okay. Lockin. Now <laughs> I suck, Kellen. Hey, call Kellen. Me, call me Don. Kellen Lockren. Kellen Lockren. Hey, yeah. now. The world is going to know your name. That's right. You are undefeated. Yeah. Keelan, you are undefeated. Yeah. Now, when you are undefeated, it's one of two things in the UFC. People are like, yo, this yeah. guy has not lost. He hasn't tasted defeat. Or has he fought enough of the right competition? Let's look. All eyes are going to be on you. Yeah. Are we ready are we fucking ready? <laughs> uh, I'm going to stay the show this weekend in Paris. Wait till the... And I have this, my goal, and I don't. Even, I think it's already done, I think it's, uh, it's absolutely going to happen, is to get the most booze of a debuting fighter in UFC history. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm on course to doing that because I was fucking two death threats from Paris people in the last day. So I think... Uh, I've ruffled a few feathers over here, but lad, see the, the that. You what, sorry? I said, how'd you manage that? I just by Twitter. I don't know. I, I didn't even just by being myself. I think I said uh, for the most part French MMA shit, and they just fucking. They get so easy, just fucking wound up. I don't know, but uh, you said about the undefeated thing. That's cool, and it helps my brand and stuff like this, but. I'm only undefeated as a professional. I mean, I'm undefeated in MMA, like an amateur. I do not buy into it at all. I know the importance of defeat in this sport, in the cage and in the gym. I know what you learn from it. So it sounds cool. Unless you listen to Adesanya, you said the same. He never bought into this because he lost in boxing, kickboxing, MMA. So uh, it sounds good. Brings confidence that I've never lost the professional, but I... Absolutely, have lost, and I know the importance of it in this sport. You know. Look, let me ask you, Keelan, you've taken this fight on short notice, so I, I have to ask. Yeah. Were, were you on the couch eating fucking biscuits, or were you were you in the in the gym? No, no. Uh, well, I I was. On Say it again. I've had a full training camp. It's just I was on this card. I had a full training camp. It's just my opponent. I took this fight with the opponent on Monday night. Um, they just rejigged the whole card. Oh, my guy, shit. an absolute rip. Yeah, yeah. My guy's. I don't. I'm a nobody. I don't expect you to know yet. Don't worry. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, so uh, Kim, you you were on this card. The total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, shit, only, man. You got a camp good. in. You have a camp yeah. in. You're ready. Oh, I'm a Don't worry about that. Anything different for this camp, knowing it's your UFC de- UFC debut. Or, hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, lad. We've had a late-level coach in Colin Hearn over here in Team Cowboy. We've had many UFC fighters recently, Tom Aspinall, Darn Till, Mike Gundy. Uh, I think a lot of guys get this UFC contract, and then they go, fuck, I need a flood to America. I need to do this. I need to run up a mountain fucking this way. Do something. Just panic. Uh, very experienced coaching staff. 
very experienced me in high pressure moments. So I just came off the back of a five fives cage warriors title fight where I fought a guy who'd wrestled internationally. So I've had to be honest, five five training camp is probably harder. So this is if anything, it's a wee bit more tailored for three five sprint and hit the well, the original fucking ship bag style before he pulled out on Monday night. But mm-hmm. uh, that's really it. Um that's no real change that no. It says a lot to me because knowing the way UFC sets up their fight cards, they're usually looking at the people who are opening the show to be somebody that's dynamic, to be somebody that's like interesting, that's going to get people engaged. So you're opening the show. I mean, what does that feel like? What does that mean to you? Uh, I bring eyeballs. I put bums in seats. Uh, I say over in America, nobody knows me yet, but anyone in the UK and Irish scene will... Uh, well, I've seen that through my cage wars run. I uh, ruffle feathers, but I don't even try. To, I don't try to be something I'm not. Like you see some guys come up now, like they're trying to be Conor McGregor, and all. it's just cringy. I just be myself. And, uh, I like that. Yeah. Said, so you're not, you're not going to say, hey, uh, Keelan, you're not going to say you're not, you're not here to take part, you're here to take over. You're not going to say that when you win. No, that, that's just cringy as fuck. I'm, I'm me. Like, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't be yeah. out there now. But I do, I, I do, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not a French say what I think, do you know what I mean? To say the, the French people are on edge at the minute, it looks like, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Taylor Lapolis? Like, what do you think about this opponent? It is just coming out of nowhere. He is a southpaw. I mean, what's your assessment of the whole situation? Yeah, well, he's a veteran. And uh, this sport I said about lost, like a sport, like it's just a game experience you can't pay for experience and he has that over me that's just that's just the way it is he has that over me he's been in here it's very weird to me that he was three and one in the UFC lost the last fight then got dropped came out of the UFC beat Wilson Hess obviously a jiu-jitsu world champion fought for the UFC title uh, and now he's back in it's his last chance as well so he's coming to fight I absolutely know that he's going to give it absolutely everything he has because if he loses the game probably done mm-hmm. uh but I'm ready. I said it whenever the flight, whenever the fight fell through Monday night, I was flying Sugar Shane, flying Marab, ah. flying any of them. I don't give a fuck. I know Marab's your boy. <laughs> That's all right. Man. That's all right, man. I'm, I'm here to make a debut. I'm here to steal the show. I'm here to show my skill now to the world. I'm here to show my work ethic for the last 10, 15 years to the world. So I'm not there. Uh, I don't care, lad. He's good. He's definitely experience he's a different style opponent than I was prepared for but uh, I'll get him I like that attitude of whoever they give you yeah hey, listen yeah. they gotta be doing something right with the uh, the matchmaking and the, and the quality of uh, of fighters over there at Cage Warriors because mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm looking at the former champions I'm, I'm I mean Conor McGregor uh, you have uh, Joanna from there Bisping uh, now yeah. we have Ian Gary who came from there. He's not a champion, but he's got a quite a name yeah. for himself. I Ian mean, Taporia, Arnold Allen, Tom Aspinall. There's some good ones. Crazy. Uh, recently, it's dipped. I think you've got some guys coming with a lot of hype just because they talk big. Fucking Molly McCann, Paddy Pimlet. But there's been a bit of a drop. But there's it's just, it's like everything else. Some good ones, some bad ones, isn't it? But I've had some tough fights in cage wars and some really, really, really high pressure moments. So I'm like. My last fight took nearly a hundred hours people halfway across Rome, halfway across Europe to Rome. So like, I've uh, if 
say I fought an elite, an elite level wrestler, literally a world uh, gay wrestler in the world championships. But if nothing else, Cage Wars, you get these like high pressure situations. I went into enemy territory, and that's going to stand to me this, this one, you know. So, no, it's a good promotion. It's a good way to, it's a good way to gain experience, if nothing else, you know what I mean? Hey, Keelan, what did you, I'm sorry, uh, Phoenix. I was going to ask Keelan, you know, now that we're getting to know him, what did you start with? Did you start with the old uh, fist of cuffs or just boxing, or what was your first thing you started with, with the martial arts as a kid? My first martial art was boxing. Where I come yeah. from, you play a sport. You will not. You ever heard Gaelic football? No. What is it called? Yeah, a little bit. Football. Well, Gaelic, soccer. Gaelic football, like Irish football. Tell like, me what that's, that's about. The, uh, that's the other one you're thinking of hurling. That's the sticks. Oh, uh, yeah. What is Gaelic this? football? What is this? It's like a bit like rugby, but. Uh, oh wow. It's, uh, so I played that, and then on the side I boxed, and then I got into MA as a teenager, like sixteen. But uh, uh, that was where I got into boxing. The box was very much on the side of that. That's that was my passion as a kid until I found MMA. You know. Yeah, and then when you found MMA, how did you take to the grappling? Did you did you like it, or you like get off? I want to throw some punches. Or how'd you like it? <laughs> no, I, I like. To be honest, I probably probably started to like it more than the than, not more. No, it's not true. I don't like more <laughs> back then, but. Uh, as much as like even I just, I, lo- I love I love jujitsu I love wrestling I love boxing like I don't have a perf- like I could watch Wonder Boy circle off on top of his feet the same way I could watch Islam Makachev control your side pressure I genuinely no preference I love both you know what I mean I love MMA I love the skill of the game love it. Uh, Kieran, uh, Kieran, let me ask you now. There's more of a of a personality type question. On a day off, I always like to ask the people on here, what do you like to, not MMA related, man, at a day off, and I don't want that active rest shit where you're hiking a mountain. What do you like to do to unwind, like a hobby? Uh, to be honest, lad, I, I, I really don't do much on MMA. Post out of the camp, uh, I, I love a pint of Guinness, no point me landing, if I can get that. Guinness, <laughs> a pint of Guinness. Are you watching anything on Netflix? Are you what's the, are you watching a series? Um, are you watching a are you, are you, are you it, a book? Anything? I can't do it. I try. I can't do it. I, I get so bored. I just put, I stick on my MMA again. I can't do it. I go for a long walk in the forest. Maybe that would be the height of it. But I can't. I really. I, I get bored after ten minutes. Just like on a, a fight or an interview or a vlog or anything like that. Being honest, lad, I don't really do anything else. Well, wait a second. A long walk in the forest. That sounds very yeah. like an Irish thing to do. I mean, you got a lot of forests yeah. around there. I, I don't have a forest around me. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, where I'm, from, where I'm from is up a fucking mountain, but I live in Liverpool with the train. I, at the weekend, I'll drive out of the city to go find a fucking forest, me and a woman. I. <laughs> peaceful, yeah. isn't it? Peaceful. You ever do camping or anything like that or no? Nah, I don't like the overnight shit. Nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Hey, so, killing so me. Kill Good. I was gonna ask him what some shit that you've talked uh, that you think have pissed off some of the Paris fans that that they're so upset with you. I just made it clear that I don't rate French MMA <laughs> at all. He doesn't like, like the French MMA. Well, what's hey. about it? Like. Well, I came up in the Irish amateur scene and the, then came into the UK scene and it's kind of well known that if you bring a French guy over, he's going to lose. Whoa. <laughs> not, 
Hey, you man. That's his, hey, that's his opinion. You know? He, he want, yeah, right? You want them just to drink their red wine and chill out and just do their thing. Uh, yeah. Even at the, the upper echelons of the division, or sorry, the of French guys, like I don't, this guy's a good kickboxer. He has got good defensive hips, absolutely, but I'm very confident if I can put his, if I can pin his shoulders to the mat, it's done. I'll get his back and I'll finish him. I'm a hundred percent positive. Do you think this positive. is going to the ground? You, you're expecting this fight to go to the ground? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I coming off a KO and my boxing's improved a lot under Colin over here, our coaches, but uh, uh, I can KO him stiff. I can KO him. He can knock me clean out. Absolutely. Of course he can. This is fighting. It's a four-ounce glove. He can definitely knock me out. I can definitely knock him out. But if I hit if I had top pressure on him, I think he, uh, I think the worst thing you can ever get in a fight is like surprised. Like, there's a, my wrestling coach, Mike Grundy, he's a, I think, he, I think he was up to 12 in the world in freestyle wrestling at a stage before he came in down May. The first time he ripped a single leg of me, I was surprised. Do you know what I mean? The first time Darntell hit me a left hand, I was surprised. I think the first time I lock my hands on this kid and get a grip on him, he will be surprised. Because there's not one man in France who can replicate my top pressure or my grappler or my hips. No one can. He'll have never felt it before. I know that for a fact. So, now, I, like, I still read, I don't read French MMA. I still play Melandia. You know what I'm reading here? I heard you have a mini beef with Bilal Muhammad on Twitter. What is that about? I'm not on Twitter. Tell me. Tell me, man. I like this shit. People like to hear this. Uh, Bilal, I don't know. He's, you know, like Bilal, like what a before his last fight, like deadly. Sean, I'm a big fan of Sean Brady. Like what a win! He completely nullified him. Like he's just an, he's just an idiot of a guy. I, he fought Bilal followed me on Twitter, and okay. uh, I quote tweet it goes, uh, "Tell you I'm not following back." <laughs> it goes, "I was wasn't following him back," and then uh, he unfollowed me, and he goes, "He goes, uh, I thought you were, you know, you know, boxer Callum Walsh, Dana promotes." Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He goes, uh, so, he goes, yeah, sorry, he goes, sorry. I thought you were Callum Walsh. Then I realized you're nobody. <laughs> Obviously, that's not true. He was just embarrassed because I I mugged him, and I goes, uh, I just replied to him. I was like, all right, fair enough, blood. Wait, but, wait, uh, wait! It broke up when you gave us the I response. Mean, Say it again. Being nobody. Yeah. He's unbearable. But Bilal is an idiot. Bilal is an idiot. Good fighter, but he's unbearable. His two most famous things is he got cry from an eye poke and McGregor's reaction video to him on the on the set. That's his. But he's a good fighter. Like if he meets me, beat the fuck out of me. Like, but uh, but he's an idiot. All right, I'll ask you this one thing, Kaylin, uh, uh, before you go. This is your UFC debut as a professional fighter. What does it mean to you to be in the UFC? Oh, it's literally everything I've ever worked for. It's Madrid. Uh, the tattoo I got in the back of my neck was the date I got my UFC contract. Got Shit. the numbers on it. So uh, this is, I'm literally this weekend going to be the man I dreamt of becoming 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's literally everything, but it's very much a case of job in hand here. I'm fighting a veteran. I'm fighting a guy who's coming to KO me in front of his hometown. So fuck being in like celebratory mode. It's nothing like that. It's a uh, job in hand. But the first couple of days was deadly. And uh, after the win, it will be deadly. But, at the minute, I'm cutting weight and I'm it's fight week. You know what I mean? Yeah, fuck yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And I can't yeah. wait for the fight, man. I'm looking forward to your debut. I like your attitude. Hey, hey, Keelan, 
you got enough friends. You could use some enemies. I like that shit. I like it. Hey, man, Keelan Lockerin. Yeah. I'm not going to do better than that. I promise you. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, dude, listen. Hey, remember us when you're uh, up in that top five and come back and visit us, all right? Anytime. Thank you very much for having me. All right, Keelan. Good luck, man, all right? Thank you very much. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Take care, buddy. Nice to meet you. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Listen, man, I like meeting the new young talent. You know what I mean? Tattoo of the date he got his contract on his neck. You know, what I would say to that is, when I'm this high, when I'm this high, I look in the mirror. Who is this guy? When I sing rap lyrics, um, that was Lil Wayne, my friend. Oh, when I, I thought sing, it was like on some musical theater right there. Thank you. No, no, no. Dean Thomas... <laughs> Dean Thomas, he kind of made me think about how I sing my rap. It's, I do it like I'm in Broadway, you know? You do, yes. You know, because that's from the Machine Gun Kelly song called A, A A-Y-E, you know? And then- You've always been a big hip hop fan. Well, I am. This is true. Guilty as charged being (laughs) the hip hop fan. But I like it because- it, it's a Machine Gun Kelly song. It's called A. And the hook, the um, not the hook, the um, the verse, the verse is with um, with with uh, Little Wayne. Oh, it's to die for. Wheezy. Anyway, I want you. Yeah, Wheezy. Wheezy, Wheezy. killed it on the track. Um, <laughs> listen. So that we're gonna talk about the fight. And uh, again, we have also a director, actor, director, or just a director. Who's Actor, director, producer, former boxer, uh, athlete. How do you pronounce his name, please? So I'm going to mess this up because all I see when I look at his last name is Mandalore, like the Mandalorian and like the hey, Mandalorian. Me too. I think it is Mandalore. It is. It it's is. fucking Mandalore. I'm not, me and you are going to try to, every time we're going to be like, dude, what age did you remove your helmet? He's going to be like, what do you say? <laughs> exactly. I don't think this guy knows what he's dealing with. But uh, listen, he might be a, Mandal- a Mandalorian fan, but Mandalore. That's so fucking great. Mandalore. Right, that's not his real name. In. That's a stage name. Let's bring him in. I already did some boxing. He made the movie, not Mamma Mia. What am I thinking of? My big about fat my big fat group Yeah. He's an actor, best known uh, 
Wait, you know who he is? Let me tell you who he is. You'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about right away. Do you remember the episode of Friends where Joey has like a twin or like a double? Yes. That's Joey's double. Well, don't call him Joey's double because he's on now. <laughs> Hello, Lewis. <laughs> I'll take Joey's it. double, man. No problem there. Hey, guys. Are you a UFC MMA fan or? Okay, let's start there. Yes. I tell my friends I consider myself one of the biggest fucking fans. I mean, up to recently, I didn't realize I was paying dual accounts. I was paying for the yearly and paying for the fight pass monthly. So I've invested. <laughs> you're Oh, you're in. When did you start watching MMA? Man, from the first kick, from the first, number one, like BC, Dana, I call it, and AD, Dana White, purchasing it uh, from Gerard kicking the Samoans <laughs> teeth out of the fucking ring till today. Oh. Matt, I'm oh, a wow. big fan, and uh, I wish we had enough time to really get into it. But, yeah, I hope to share with you my knowledge and love for the for the sport and the, the whole organization. It's fucking unreal, man. Well, we'd love that. We'd love that because we've got fight cards to go over. We've got the future of things that are meant to happen, so... You know, Bro, and being yeah. Australian, we could talk about Volkanovski and all the amazing fighters that come from where you're it. from. So there's I'm a lot to about, cover here. Yeah, there is. And I'm, I'm really thrilled to be talking to you cats about some of this, uh, you know, the world that you guys exist in and have created, because not only am I fascinated and a fan, it's a huge part of my life. When I'm not making films, it's UFC all the way. It's <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I used to be a, a traditional boxing, as you know. Uh, yeah. I started, I, I don't know if you know, I was a, used to fight a little bit when I was younger, et cetera. So I was a big fan, always have been, but it used to be boxing, you know. Yeah. Then obviously yeah. the UFC came about and it's just wiped the floor with everything. No one can deny it. I've got a lot of associates that were like me, big diehard boxing fans. And it's, come on, this this whole UFC thing from the podcasts to the to the evolution of the sport to i mean i don't know where we'd fucking be without it i don't know what i'd be doing when i'm not making movies man i love the whole world you know i'm i'm, I'm a passionate funny, lewis. i'm with you lewis i don't growing up you know uh my father wasn't really into sports he was into bruce lee and kung fu theater and mm -hmm. i never i always felt like an odd duck man like i didn't i never i don't watch anything with a ball i'm not against anybody that does i like people that are passionate about things and even if I don't understand them or, or agree with them. But boy, oh boy, do I love the UFC. Before I became a participant, I was like you watching uh, Gerard uh, Depadu kick, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Tuma? Well, I forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, that yeah. Sumo's, uh, the sumo's teeth out. That's when I'm like, ooh, I actually did my first jiu-jitsu lesson prior to that. Uh, uh -huh. The year prior in 1992 with Horion and Hoist Gracie. And they were talking about the ultimate fighting championship. When I kind of thought it was like, man, that's blood sport, man. That's not going to happen. <laughs> sure enough, it happened. So oh, yeah. I've been on this journey from the beginning too. And when it when it burst on the scene, way more of a spectacle than a sport. But boy, did it get everybody's eyes opened to what real fighting is. You know, yeah, what I mean? it, it, we were attracted as martial arts nerds because the way it was presented to us at that time was like a Taekwondo guy versus yeah. jujitsu guy versus sumo wrestler and as like a martial arts nerd who watched like bruce lee and stuff you were like you, were, you yes. know what i mean we had like yeah. a hot box and you know where it was like scrambled and you could see some of it because it was on pay-per-view and then we just yeah. got addicted and then it grew and grew and grew it's so funny today i was wearing my ufc shirt i was in the airport it was eight o'clock in the morning i got hit on more than i was ever hit on and i was like <laughs> i need to tell my single girlfriends that if they want to attract guys just wear a UFC shirt. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> when he wanted to talk to me, 
about the yeah. UFC. It was yeah. pretty amazing. It's such a huge part of everybody's life now. It is, you know, I, I, I have to say, my pals and I, we always talk about how in its simplest analogy, it's like, you know, you consider old Rome and you consider the gladiators, etc. Well, it's as reminiscent as it can be in a modern world today, right? And you've got all these, these incredible athletes and their stories on your TV almost every fucking week. I mean, it's priceless. Wow. It's fantastic. And going back to what you, you said earlier, you know, I think it's the, I think it's human nature. I don't know about you guys but I, I i'm sure the answer is yes growing up because we're fight fans obviously and we're into this you know mano a mano thing you always used to say with the boys right who do you think would win out of so and so and so and so you know you're always sizing it up who's the baddest kid in the school who's the best bouncer in town and <laughs> yeah and when the ufc came out we got our answers which was amazing the the taekwondo guy the wrestler and obviously the evolution is what yeah. fascinates me which i'd love to talk about you know isn't it funny like when we were younger, like we're old enough. Now the kids growing up nowadays in their twenties and they never, because the sport's 30 years old, they always knew what real fighting is. When we grew up, you didn't know. That's what was so fat. I found so fascinating about the first uh, UFC. And it's, it was the ground fighting where people did not, you had an idea, everybody, like you said, who would win? Uh, does that Steven Seagal stuff work? What about who's Jeff Speakman? Like you find all these different. I love Jeff Speakman, though. You know, I. <laughs> oh, we love him too. Yeah, but yeah, you, know, you know what's about, cool? Just because you brought him up, I met him like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and he was like, "I love karate and everything, but I realized that jujitsu is where it's at." And he became like a jujitsu black belt, and like, oh yeah, wow. and he wow. had like character and stuff. Yeah, he like has wow. so much respect Impressive. for MMA. Yeah, I, what's yeah. it called? The secret weapon. The secret weapon, yeah, something like that. No, something so there's like all that. these movies, the '80s, some of the, the the '80s movies, and you never knew what really worked, you know? Yeah. So then, when we found out when the when the great when the early UFC came or UFCs came out, nobody knew how to fight on the floor, and it was just it it was just so like just mind blowing, you know. Yeah. So I now think, these kids, yeah. now everybody grows up knowing. Yeah, you know, my kids, fourteen years old, and 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 twelve and ten, they know how to fight better at that age than I did as an adult. Like, you know right. what I mean? I get it, yeah. I get it, man. Yeah. yeah. And now even on some of these undercards, you're looking at yeah. these these kids, and I'm like, there's Girls. two world champions right there, man. I'm I'm actually. Do you ever get like sad when you get two young up and coming warriors, and one of them has to lose, and you're like. What a shame. I wish they met later on, but that's happening almost every undercard now where you're like, these guys are both just amazing. And obviously the younger generation, the kids that you see online doing all these mixed martial arts. You know, I've got to say, if the aliens invaded us now, guys, as opposed to 50 years ago, when they cross all that stuff and get to the, the last line of defense, I always say the UFC, it's changed shit for the human race, man. You're going to get fucked up if you come here and you don't know how to fight. <laughs> Hopefully they got their carotid arteries in the same place, these aliens. So we yeah, they do. <laughs> That's funny, actually. He's not going out. He's not, he's not, not going, going out. out. Oh, my carotid arteries on my ankle. But uh, no, no. Yeah, it is wild, man. It is. Do you still do boxing and whatnot to stay in shape or anything or no? You know, man, I do. I, I've always maintained some form of training because I love it and I have to keep fit for my biz. But to be honest, the last five, six years, I've invested a lot of time into my company and I'm doing a lot of filmmaking. So I, I, I'm not in the greatest shape. But the irony is, 
you know, I'm 50 plus now, but for some reason, my industry is accepting, accepting me as kind of this, you know, I'm doing a lot of action. I'm kicking Great. some ass in the 50s. So, you know, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I'm getting oh. the Hollywood 20 thinking I'm going to throw down nothing. Yeah. 30 years of drama. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting in shape, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in the gym. Yeah, and I'm feeling really excited about it. It's been a while. Now, listen, uh, looking ahead, uh, Cyril Gaon is the main event versus Sergei Sp Spivak. Yeah. Do you know about these gentlemen or no? I do indeed. What is what your, your take on that fight before I ask about Phoenix's? This, now look, he, Cyril Gaon, again, people give him a lot of, a lot of crap if there's fight with John Jones. But let me remind everybody that he fought John Jones. John Jones ain't your average. Everybody always oh, moving up to heavyweight. Uh, please don't bring up Phoenix. Don't embarrass me about me picking him to win the way he did versus Cyril Gaon, John Jones. I don't want to get embarrassed in front of Lewis that I picked winning <laughs> by submission in round one. Anyway, my point no, is- I, I, By the way, Matt, I agree with you. I My philosophy on that point, bro, is it, it's a life thing. It's, you know- Sometimes, correct me if I'm wrong, when you're in battle, you know, granted, John Jones is the goat with the grappling and, you know, that's not that's Cyril's department, but sometimes you fall into an awkward fucking position, bro, and you're just done. And I think part of that is that, granted, I do believe John would have done what he'd done no matter what, but correct me if I'm wrong, he, it kind of just happened and he's, you know, it just, he was there and it was done. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. I, yeah. I know what you're saying. Uh, but it would have done anyway, I really believe yeah. that. It happens. Yeah, he, he showed the back and he took the back. If I remember correctly, I mm -hmm. believe. What, I believe that game plan was to get it to the floor. And the second that was that was matched up, I remember. And I had to, they did a clip of it where they went back to it because I go make a note of this. I said round one submission because Cyril gone. He would have been the heavyweight champion of the world. He. It came down to the fifth round between him and Francis Ngannou, and. He made the correction between the fourth and fifth round. He should be the champion because he went out there and he took him down. So how did he blow it? He laid down with a leg lock. Francis got on top, remained on top, and now he's the heavyweight champion or what? Right, okay. because he should have stayed so, with his basics to get out of that position. He, 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 he would have stayed on top. Yeah. Yeah. The next four minutes, he's the champ. So he, he aged even, Matt Sarah yeah. position before submission. I'm a, I'm a, I am a big fan of that saying. I say yeah, that. but um, it's so true. It's like it should stay in the forefront of your mind, especially in high pressure situations. Cyril Gunn accepts going to his back a lot because he's a big guy to probably get some submissions in the in the training room. Uh, the second I see that, I'm like, John Jones is a sick grappler. I know he's bigger than Dan Henderson, but he had a grappling match with him and then strangled him. He's I seen his grappling, and I think it's extremely underrated. He got DC down, and who gets DC down? So yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, true. I think style makes fights. But having said that, before that, Cyril God, especially on the feet, man, he's got such he moves like Dangerous. a he moves Dangerous. like a weight. Yeah, he's, he's flight. He's bouncing. You know, you know, man, it brings us to the equation, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, we go back to the Gerard kick, right? For example, the evolution to me in the sport's really cool because if you didn't know any jiu-jitsu, which no one kind of did except the, the grapplers in the beginning, you're fucked. You're done. It's over, yeah. right? It was proven. Then, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to bring up the Maurice Smith era. Maurice somehow got good enough to negate takedowns, right? And he ended up, wasn't he the UFC? He won the title. He won the UFC championship, didn't he? Maurice. Maurice? 
back in the day. I was gonna say we should check that, but I he yeah. I think he because he beat he Maybe. knocked out Mark Coleman. He knocked yeah. out a lot of people. Anyways, the point is that people were getting it. The evolution I find fascinating because then the 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 the, the punches that were real punches, real strikers, got good enough to negate the takedowns. Uh -huh. And then there was an era, correct me if I'm wrong, where that was happening, where these cats were negating the takedowns. Then it got to the point you get the the the, the what's his name, uh, Kismet, and these you know Magomedov yeah. and Magomedov. Khabib and all of them, yeah. yeah. That even the elite strikers who learn to negate just can't handle it. So I love this evolution. And I thought with Garn and, and Jones, that I actually don't, I can't answer this question. Maybe you guys can. I'm not sure of Cyril's uh, grappling experience and how good he is, but I assumed it was good enough to do that. But obviously you're against the man and, you know. We're, we're, this guy, the polar bear, Spivak, has like incredible high level sambo, you know, like Russian judo. He, his takedowns are clean, fast. Uh, just he just transitions from one thing to the next in a scary, scary way. So yeah. I don't know how quickly Gon's going to be able to catch up to someone as high level as that. He's working with people who can do that, but maybe he's saying, let me use my best attributes learn my my better defense just like you're saying with and start to use when, look at the narrative has changed because when we first were talking about Don we were like oh my god he moves like a 155 or he's got the best striking of this division and, da, da, da. and now we're like nervous biting our nails for him because he's lost us two out of three both off of like submissions and being dominated on the ground and only an idiot doesn't work on that with yeah. this type of narrative so who knows to. yeah if he I'm beats sure. if he beats Sergey, then we'll start talking about him again. Like, all right, yeah, yeah. can't deal with a grappling, you know, a, you know, heavy a, a grappling um opponent, a guy who's heavy yeah. in the grappling. He can deal with that. So he yeah. has to show he has to show that he's able to deal with that because he's not going to be just handed kickboxes. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to come about with this. You know, and now he's a big, strong man, and he can fight and. Uh, yeah, let, when is that, by the way, that one? Saturday. Saturday, oh, okay. It is this yeah. Saturday, yep. And it's early because it's in France, so I think it's like in the afternoon, which I like because I'm old. Now, <laughs> how do you pronounce this? We got Manon, how do you pronounce that last name? Firot? Firot? Oh, you're talking about the French girl versus I'm, I'm about, Yes, the whole main event. Now, this, this the French girl is 5-0 in the UFC, 10-1 and one overall. And she's, she's fighting incredible. for a champion. She's fighting Thug Rose. So, ooh, Thug, ooh. you know, so this, this is something to watch for this sex, for this co-main. Yeah. You know what I mean? Narrative yeah, sure. here is interesting yeah. because this is Rose going up from 115 to 125. And this, these are two girls that have excellent striking. And the French girl um, is very aggressive and has knockout power. Rose is saying like she's walking around at 135. She's being muscle. And that that last Carla Esparza fight, she admits, was really boring. But she says the first time she really, really had a hard time cutting weight. Like she had the bags underneath her eyes. She looked sunken in. So she probably felt like it was time. So, listen, yeah. Sometimes fighters do much better when they go up. You know? Sure. But, but it's also, yeah. you don't know what your opponent cuts down to. You don't know how much bigger they really are. So, yeah. what, you know, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. You know, it's it's a whole puzzle that weight thing, man. It's a whole, you know, it's a little game in itself. It's a whole little fight within itself, isn't it? Yeah. And finding weight, yeah. 
think about how much harder it is for all of us to lose weight as we've gotten older, right? Like as you get older, it just sucks more and more. It's harder, yes. it's harder and hey, harder. I'm on, I'm on TRT. I'm pissing dirty, uh, Phoenix. So, <laughs> of my French. Hey, I don't know if you know about that TRT, Lewis, but uh, I don't know. I gotta, but tell me, please. It sounds good. Uh, I get testosterone. <laughs> I don't do it in a back alley. I go to a place with doctors, restoration, men's health. I get a shot, my hiney. They check my levels. So you get some testosterone. I okay. feel I'm 49, and I feel strong. I'm on the. I taught the 7 a.m. this morning. I'm on the mat strangling my 20 year olds. I love <laughs> it. I don't recommend it for you, Phoenix, because it gets you a little hairy. So I don't think you. <laughs> By the way, I have to share something. I got I got the text from my peeps saying you're going to do this thing tonight with the world famous comedian Matt Sarah, and I went, oh. Oh, he's doing that now, but obviously you are, and you're killing it. Very good, by the <laughs> Oh, way. my goodness. I've been watching the shows. Far- very, very impressive. The dry I'm shock. Far- yeah. I'm just silly. Hey, I'm hearing that, here that you became friend with some, friends with some UFC fighters. Who are you friendly with besides myself and Phoenix? Um, I just did a wonderful little flick with uh, Cowboys Throne and Rampage Jackson. Got to know them pretty well. Uh, it's called Three Days in Malay. I'm not promoting here. I'm just saying. No, we know. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm an actor too, so I know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> I see. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's already out. People know it. So, yeah, Cowboy uh, came to Thailand with uh, Rampage and we shot a really cool World War II movie. Low budget, real indie film. We did it in a really very minimal amount of time, but their performances are beautiful they were real nuanced and we we had a lot of you know kick-ass action and it was fantastic and then i ended up doing a, a follow-up with rampage so we spent another couple of months in thailand together we become pals so there's a couple of legends that i got to know pretty well and work well, with so, i'll ask you this right because performance whether it's in the octagon or if it's um behind the camera performance is performance so what are some things you take away that are similar performing in like a physical way by fighting and performing in like an acting way or an artistic way? What are like the takeaways that you need across the board? You know, it's a good question because my first acting teacher, God bless her, the late Jana Dalhante, she, she knew I was a fighter. When I came from Australia, I was just boxing. I wanted to be the world champ. That was it. I was in LA for about four years, just boxing, but I was sitting in her class and I never forgot. She said, you know, you boxers or you athletes, she said, it's the same kind of focus. Like when you go into a fight, there's always a little nerves, right? But you want to be able to control them but you want to be a little bit angry and you want to be a little bit ready, but you still want to be a little bit calm. And you kind of have to, I guess, mix all these emotions together. But she said something that I never forgot. And I agree with it's on the same number. It's about six or seven on the adrenaline scale. Every time they yell rolling, I'm nervous, just like I'm about to do a round of sparring or something. You get that same butterflies because you don't want to get exposed in the acting field. You're not getting physically hit, but it's an emotional destruction if you suck, right? It's horrible. So it's a similar, I guess, adrenaline point, if that makes sense. That's one similarity. And the focus, I think, uh, is applicable to athletes and acting. That's why there's a lot of good crossovers, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny you said that because a lot of these actors, uh, fighters, I should say, when they get done with fighting, some of them, you know, they 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 test that the acting out, you know, and I think it's part of what you said. They like that little that little tickle in the belly. You know what I mean? You yeah, because and you, you, you perform like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 That need proud, to perform, the need to perform to challenge yourself to put yourself out there. I think that's yeah, really any time, any, any time you do something in front of somebody. 
I don't care if it's chess. I, for instance, yep. and I was going to yep. tell you about this too, uh, Phoenix, my 14-year-old, my Angelina, right? She's been doing dance since she's three years old, and she's doing some jujitsu. Just literally, recently, a few months ago, she walked away from dance. We, and me, me and my, my, my wife were like, listen, are you sure? And she's like, I want to pursue the martial arts. I enjoy this. I'm making wow. the decision. Hey, double gold the other day at the Naga. She went three competitions, all gold medals. She is, it's so, it's, it's amazing. I see myself in her. But my point is this. When it came to competition, her very first jiu-jitsu competition, I've been around, man, her nerve. Totally fine, man. Totally fine. And I'm, and I mean, I'm, I was, and I'm trying to think about this. And I, it has to do with the dance. She's been on stage in the spotlight, yeah. having to know these choreographed, how many different numbers and solos and duos. And, and she had to do this for, for how long? Since she's a kid, she's used to being under those lights, whether it's dancing or jujitsu. You know what I mean? I do, so, man. Really? I do. Yeah, and I, I, something else. 100%, I 100% agree. And again, um, do you recall these, for example, you know, you're in the gym growing up and you see these cats who are just hitting the bag and sparring and they look like world champions. But then you put them under the performance anxiety, which is the lights, camera, action with the crowd. And it's it's that it's time. In other words, I always say to my pals, now it's, it's not your time. You're not going to the gym to spar when you feel like it. Now there's, you know, it's that performance anxiety. So I agree hundred yeah. percent and correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of those cats that look great in the gym, for example, you know, they, they can't perform and it's got nothing to do with their talent. It's just that fucking thing that you, your daughter has yeah. that she's used to that. Yes. Moment. Yes. It, yeah. it's, it's dealing with that. And also just performance anxiety. There's a lot right. of tough guys. There's a lot of tough guys are a dime a dozen. And yep. some guys are like, man, this guy's the toughest guy over I seen him do this and that. A lot of these tough guys that we're talking about street tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. You take them, anybody's tough with a bump of the shoulder in the in the in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You take that same guy who's beating up this guy. You take that same guy. Now you're meeting this guy, the one you're about to fight now, you're meeting him a week from now in front of 50 people. I guarantee that same tough guy, most of them won't even show up. Do you know I what I mean? So yeah. in the heat of the moment, it's quick to be a badass. But then you got time to dwell on it, think about it, the what ifs, what could happen, who's watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think, yeah, that's a big decider in a lot of fights, isn't it, man? I mean, it really is because it's it's just Experience. pressure. Yeah, it's yeah. pressure. So yeah, I think we on. like pressure though in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. You, prove, you teach yourself. I mean, as a director, like when you first started directing, that's that's the most amount of pressure of the person on set. How do you deal with that? Because now everyone's coming to you when you're directing. I gotta tell you, you said it, and uh, wow. I mean, being an actor's hard enough when they call you on the big shows and you're on the big stage and it's real serious and real fucking quiet, and they're like, go, and you know that there's a million eyes just watching the monitor and. It's fucking pressure, but yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson's to all the big directors talk about it. How when you direct, it's it's a different kettle of fish because it's all about you and you're you're the captain. You've got a ship of sailors and you're going into fucking war. And any mistake you make, you're accountable. So yeah, man, I've been I've been scared to come out my trailer in my first couple of big films where I'm like got you know five six hundred people waiting outside and mm. the crew and everyone. And as soon as you go out, it's like, what do we do with the as you're walking to the set? And then you get there and everyone's like, what's up? It's fucking pressure. Yeah, that was yeah. a big turning point in my life. But I got to tell you, in the in the infamous words of 
Jim Morrison. He says, I didn't know I could sing until I tried it and I got confidence. It's confidence, man. When you believe you can do it, and I think it's the same as a fight. If, if you go in there with love, having a good time, and you believe, then you got a good shot. Yes. Hey, Lewis, let me ask you before we let you go. This is fun, first of all. I'd like to have you back for sure. Oh, please, brother. Anytime, man. Hey, Lewis, there's a lot of guys who come in and they say, oh, yeah, they're a fan. And then they come on. They're like, yeah, I know uh, Conor McGregor. They don't know anybody. They, <laughs> you, you, my friend, you, you are a fan. The second you mentioned uh, – the, the, the sumo getting his tooth knocked out by a, uh, uh, you know, I, I knew you were up in. Um, this is what I want to ask you. You've been an actor. You've been a director. Which, which do you prefer? Go. I think I'm setting my sights on being one. a filmmaker. Yeah, filmmaker. I'm, I'm setting oh. my sights on directing right now. Yeah. I'll take the acting. I love it. I love the craft, yeah. but I was born to make films. And I knew that when I got to Hollywood, because I'm an illustrator, bro. I, I've been an artist. My, my, you know, my friends call me a, a renaissance motherfucker because I'm in the wrong era. So actually, I want to do a portrait of both of you. I promise you in a month or two from now. Oh God, I love that. But, but illustration and the arts are my life. So now I'm incorporating my storyboarding into my filmmaking and working with actors. So I think the passion is that, brother, to answer your question. Thanks That's for asking. interesting. So wait, now being that you're an artist, when you have a movie coming up, do you do your own type storyboards or no? And you're like at your, or no, or do you, you know how they do the, like, like for instance, I see your last name, Mandalore. I watched the Mandalorian. At the end, they showed like this, the, at the end of the, the, the show, beautiful, they yeah. have like this little artwork of the what the show is. Art. Yeah, the concept it's, art. Concept art. Do you do any of that yourself or or am I just I do. No, I do. Most people you have to hire these artists to do that. So ultimately, ultimately, not everyone does it this way, but I like to because I enjoy the process and I I just roll like a fucking steam train when I'm on set. Uh comic books are more or less storyboards, you know. Yeah. So I I was uh I was uh, almost an apprentice for Marvel Comic coming from Australia. You are our new best friend. (laughs) Lewis Mandalore, please. Hey man, nice to meet you. And Pleasure, please come, come on again soon, bro. Yeah, do you ever, stay in do, touch. Do, you ever do in person, guys? Do you ever do the in person podcast, or it's always like this? We, no, I know what we did before the pandemic, and then I kind of like ruined things. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like we were said before, I was on the Rogan show, and I was talking about what I do, and and he was like, "Don't you think you're you're missing something not having the people in studio?" I go, dude, don't rock the fucking boat. I go right now. I'm at my house. I pull up a green screen this morning. I was at my school teaching my arm locks and my Camoras. So I like that. I don't got to go to the city, but I do. I, I do eventually want to do an in the house thing again. You know, right yeah. I do miss, yeah, I do miss hanging out. Phoenix, you know? I miss it too. Are you in New York or are you in LA? Where are you, Lewis? Oh, me uh, right now. Yeah. I'm in a hotel room in Bulgaria and tomorrow. Oh, yeah. This I'm in a hotel room. I'm flying to Thailand tomorrow. That's why it worked out tonight. Cause I know we've been trying to do this. So I live in LA. Yeah. Primarily. I split my time with Europe, and uh, yeah. So, yeah. And where are you guys at? Both East Coast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's in Manhattan. She's in New York, and I'm in uh, I'm in Long Island, New York. You know, and yeah, and Lewis, if you're ever out there, I have Sarah BJJ. That's my jujitsu academy. I know you got the fisticuffs. I will give you. I don't know if you had a jujitsu lesson before, but I will give you another one. You will be strangling me. I'm not threatening you, but if you're ever around this area, please come on in. 
I, I, I swear on my name, I will take you up on that, even if it's just to say hello, but I want to come and get choked out by you at least once, Matt Serra. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis Mandalore, thank you so much. Come on again. Phoenix. We'll talk again soon. Phoenix, yes. a pleasure. Matt, a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Had a really I, good I just friended you. On, I just requested you on Instagram, so let's definitely Fantastic. stand. Stalker. Please. Just kidding. I'm going to do that, too. I'm going to be a stalker. Please do that, man. Pleasure, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for having me again. I had a really good time. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, All of that. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Fun. Hey, I love when they're fans like that. I love when he's like a legit fan. First of all, I'm gonna what we I'm gonna follow him once we're done. Because mm-hmm. if I do that now, I got ADD. I'm not gonna be able to do it. <laughs> Listen, once again, where can people watch your your speaking on your mixed heritage? Where can they watch? Oh, that? um, it's on YouTube. If you just Phoenix Carnavali speak is the name of the, the. There was like a guy who worked for TED Talks. He broke off from TED Talks. And he does these speaking engagements for like everybody. And you could like once a month, it's a different topic. So I didn't choose the topic, but you they asked me to do it. I didn't choose the topic. No. Listen, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did it. I thought it was going to be something like, like, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect to be honest. But then when I watched it, you crack, you, you like, I like to get the humor in there. Cause it doesn't make like your, it's not a gloom and doom and a poor me thing. You had some things that were funny. Oh, everything's a, a rag. The stereotype, they're making references to J-Lo. And you're funny. No, you did some really good stuff in there. I liked it a lot. Um, and uh, it made me think that I think you should try. I know you've done acting before, you know. But, hey, man, do you ever think about I, it? I did stand up 20 years ago. I did stand up right oh, out of high school. 20 years ago? Yeah. Were you five? <laughs> well, like, okay, like 15 years ago, I did okay. it right out of high school and, um, and it was going pretty well. And then I got a fitness job and I was working and getting up at six in the morning. So I stopped doing it. And, um, you know, and then I wanted to acting and stuff like that, but I've always loved it. I just like kind of chickened out after a while because I know people like Jim Norton and people who are so good that, you know, I was like, but the, the speech was great and it was such a great experience and I'm so glad you watched it and you enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I being, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Italian. And yeah. um, so it's, it's always weird that mix, you know, like nobody knows what the hell I am. It's a nice mix though. It's a good mix. I like it. Yeah. I like hey, it. Hey, listen, there was a mix of different, um, 
I was trying to segue into, oh, there's a mix of different fighters last night. The worst segue ever. Really quick, on the Dana White Contender Series, they can't all be out of the park. Uh, you know, listen, yeah. some guys, three guys got the contract. You yeah. know, uh, these other two guys, they, 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 it's not that they did bad. Like Marco Tulio, I felt bad for because, you know, he, he won. But, uh, right. you, know, it, you know, he's still young and he's going to have his chance again. He's a young kid. But uh, they didn't think he was quite, you know, they didn't think he was quite ready enough. And uh, the same goes for um, Timothy. Yes, that's the one, that kid. Yeah. He, he's he's a young kid. He's 24. And he said he thinks time's on his side. You know what I mean? But it's good that he got a win. But again, uh, Oki, who said he felt like a Zulu warrior, he looked the part. Uh, that was excellent. Uh, round one knockout. Beautiful. Yeah. Fast uh, and Thomas furious. Peterson, first of all, it is a key lock. Thank you. Thank you, Jake the Jake, the producer. Thank you. Jake the ginger. This, I don't like when they announced that it was done by Kimura. Thank goodness. Thank goodness I didn't just hear about what happened and then and, and didn't try to wing this and play and didn't actually watch it. Because I watched it and I'm like, oh, this Thomas Peterson. I heard he won by Kimura. Somebody messaged me too. And go, oh, big guy's doing Kimura's. I go, oh. But then well, I watch so, and I'm so like, break it, break it down for people, right? Basically, it's a big difference between the Kimura and the key lock. I mean, I know shoulder. because you taught yes. me, he yes. taught me a key lock. Whenever you're going for a shoulder lock, okay, if the yeah. palm is up, palm is up, like I'm waving key lock. That's an Americana or a key lock, okay? okay? If the palm is down and you're getting it behind the head, behind the back, and then behind the, to, to, to touch the head, that is a Kimura. Ding, 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 ding. No. <laughs> so, no, that like simple, simple breakdown. I think everybody will remember that forever. Well, I mean, there's a lot of times that if they, if they ever get confused, I would just say, I just say it nice and simple. I'd say Phoenix. I just Kimura the man. I put his arm behind his back. I held it there until he tapped. Phoenix. Anyway, listen, I just, I sing these songs to help me remember. I don't know. Phoenix, we have fun. We got to go really quick. I'm enjoying the Ahsoka series. I'm enjoying it. Now, let me tell you. You can tell me your thoughts after. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Are you up to date on it? I only watched the first episode. I'm going to watch the other two tonight. Now, listen, I know we are somewhat of adults, but have you ever seen, and I know George, if anybody wants to make fun of me, George St. Pierre watches it too. Did did you ever see Rebels, it's a cartoon. I saw half of Rebels. This is what Loved I recommend. It. This is what Loved I recommend to people that want to watch Ahsoka, but they go, yo, I can't watch a kid's cartoon for 20 hours. I, this is what I'll tell you to do. Go to YouTube and you put in 10 minutes, Rebels in 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. So it sums up the whole story in 10 minutes and it does a pretty good job of it. So then what, in this show, Ahsoka, uh, with the great Rosario, uh, Rosario? Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Uh, the it is it's basically a direct continuation uh, of this of this cartoon and all these and and some of these and I say cartoon it, it is a cartoon it's animated but there's some of those um, episodes that were a little dark yeah people get killed and so I like it it's not all just Wookies and you know what the problem around. the problem with Rebels which is why I tuned out of it too is that the the animation is very kiddie. The story yeah. is not. 
But the animation is very blocky, Disney. Yeah. Like, that's that's the problem. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. But watch that 10 minutes. It leads into it. I'm enjoying the series. I like it. There's three episodes. You know? Hey, man, I know everybody's into women power and all that. I got daughters. It's great. But hey, dude. You can throw in some kick-ass dudes once in a while, too, guys. Calm the fuck down, please. <laughs> no, I, I get exactly Andrew? what you're saying. I get exactly what you're saying. It's like you know what I mean? I mean, you know, just, just, and then you know, it's just shit on anybody right that's, you know. Right, right. But, um, anyway, uh, like, Phoenix, what else? Tell me. I just want to hear your thoughts on Indiana Jones, and then I will let you go. I, now, this is my thoughts on it. I did not see it. Okay. You know why I didn't see it? I heard it was so fucking big. But I don't know. How did you like it? I think I'm biased because it's like if you haven't seen an old friend in a really long time and you're just excited to hang out with them, but you're at a restaurant where the food sucks. Yeah. This is what I I got you. I got you. This is what I want to ask you. Because with Indiana Jones, I loved Indiana Jones. I loved the first one. I loved the second one. When I seen the third one as a kid, I wasn't crazy about that night at the end. I thought it was a little hokey, but I did still, it is a, still a good movie. It's a good movie, yeah. the third one. I believe it should have ended as a trilogy. I thought it was great. Um, when they did the fourth one, I thought it was Trash. a combination between shit and whatever's worse than shit. <laughs> yeah, shit and vomit. I did not like it. <laughs> I did not like when you had Shea LeBlanc on 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 vine Tarzan moment and also here what am i looking at so bad it did not it i think george lucas is out of his mind i think steven steven seagal steven spielberg was like i don't want to do aliens and he's like no let's do aliens but anyway i think they jumped the gun on that one the the, the crystal scrolls whatever there was how was it compared to that one it's better than that one that's good it's better than that one, but it's Do they still... make Indy a wimp? Is he a little weak? I know he's, he's old. He's not a wimp, he's just old. He's old. First... I heard they have flashbacks, though. I heard they yes. had flashbacks. This is what I'll tell you. The first 30 minutes, I, I was like, he's <laughs> back, and I was, like, super happy. And then the story gets, oh, it goes all over, and then there's moments of the story, you're like, I, you don't need to be here, and you should just stop, and just, just leave me with Indy. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. There's moments of it that you're like, this is great. And then there's moments of it where you're like, mm. like the appetizers were awesome, but the main course was not good. Well, this show was sure filling. <laughs> yep. You could boo me. Boo me. No, I like it. Okay. It, was a, it was a dad hey, joke. but it Listen. Was I got a lot of dad jokes because I'm a dad. Phoenix, this was fun. I had a blast catching up with you. I want you to, you've been doing, you've been training or no? You're rolling? Not as much as I should. We're, we're going to talk about, about that. Later. We're going to, we're going to talk off air. I got to get you back on the mat somehow. Yes. Somewhere. Yes. All right. Yes. And that will happen. Uh, listen, I, I mean, shoot. I, I hope Jimmy gets sick more often. I don't know. I'm only fucking <laughs> around. We got to make this happen again. Even if you're a third mic in here. Because if it's been too long, or else you come out, you do some jujitsu at my school. We'll catch up then. We should. We should. We what else? Do you, what do you want to plug? Anything else you want to plug, buddy? Nothing to plug, but follow me on uh, the Insta. And when I have what, something, to what is your spell it? Spell it for me. 
Phoenix, P-H-O-E, and I at Carnevale, C-A-R-N-E, V as in Victor, A-L-E. That's it. Easy to find. Phoenix, Carnevale. So much fun. Uh, I'll probably talk to you later. Thank you for ch- stepping up and jumping in on here. I had Thanks, so much God. fun. And we'll talk more. Pop- and hey, listen, I like the way you brought up all your pop culture references in your... Uh, in my speech. What was it called again? Tell me what it's called again. It's called Speak. Speak Heritage with just my speak. name. So if yeah. Phoenix Carlisle, speak. Yep. Awesome. Hey, buddy, we're going to catch up even. This was a long episode, but it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Hey, we're going to catch up even more soon. Okay, buddy? Thank you so much. Goodbye, Phoenix. Later. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everybody. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.